Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today's podcast was originally recorded in April of 2018. It's been sitting on the cutting room floor for a week just like this. It's the one where we wonder if we are totally depraved. So sit back and relax, and we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how are we doing today? Doing all right, Nate. How are you doing? Oh, it is a beautiful day here in Oklahoma City today. So yeah, it's it's shiny and bright, and there's a nice breeze here. And uh, it's cool in the evenings and warm at in the afternoon. And so it's just been a great time. I've got a different set of allergens going on. So awesome. Uh, pardon me if I go to sneezing on you. Uh, but I, I wanted to tell you today about uh, just an answer to prayer. Um, I, uh, I had this conversation. Okay. So, so over the last about five weeks, um, I told a story about a friend who went to Dubai, um, because he felt like God was leading him there to set prostitutes free. So it was a crazy story. Cool. Uh, yeah. I, um, anyway, I won't go into that story right now cause it's rather a lengthy story, but, uh, it's, it's an exciting story. And I told it, uh, it's part of a sermon. I was, I just, Use it as a sermon illustration, and um, and I told this story about Chase and Sidney Clark and how they went and did this. Do you remember Chase and Sidney? I do. I thought that's who you were talking about. I remember yeah. that story. He shared it with us at a youth aroma one year. Yeah, oh, it's it's a crazy story, and um, and so I shared that story on a Sunday morning, and and uh, and I have a police officer uh, who's in our congregation, and he's uh, the the like. A week later, I prayed in my prayer something or made some commentary on how if we if we learn to love one another and the church becomes fully who God intends for the church to be that that we would love the community well enough that uh, uh, that the contrast between uh, love and hate would be uh, would may be made vibrant and we would uh, we we would see an end to a lot of suffering and pain and heartache and hurt because we would. Uh, we would take care of each other. We would tend to one another's needs, and uh, and 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 I mentioned human trafficking and kind of this list of things that, you know, love could put an end to, right? Eventually, you know. And so, um, well, anyway, after service, this we're having uh, lunch. We went over to Schlotsky. Uh Every week, we announce where we're eating lunch and tell everybody they're all welcome to come. And so, sometimes we'll take forty people and go to a restaurant and inundate the place with, with. Uh, wayfinders <laughs> but um we uh wayfinders infection yes that was something i i don't know that's probably what uh, uh what they're thinking when we walk in you know they're not happy for the business they're like why do you all come at the same time um but uh we so we were at slashki and he just leans over and he says hey man you've mentioned human trafficking like twice in the last three weeks and it's just on my heart can we have lunch this week and talk about it Sure. So we sit down and we have lunch and we're talking about how in, in Hayes County, there are human trafficking issues. Uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, undocumented workers who uh, who end up enslaved. 
Wow. Uh, there's a lot of, there's just, uh, there's just things happening uh, where, where, you know, runaway uh, girls are getting picked up and, and they're being pimped uh, and, and kind of brought into this, this world of prostitution where, uh, you know, uh, it ends up, they don't, in, they don't end up with a choice in the matter. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, we have uh, a lot in, in Oklahoma city here too, because yeah. of the 35 and 40 yeah. cross. That's the same thing. We have 35 coming through our city. Well, we're between Austin and San Antonio, and he's telling me they have task force, task forces on their police department for these kind of things in San Antonio and in Austin. But we're not big enough. Um, we're not big enough for that kind of task force. And so he said, so we, you know, we'll have the occasional case, but then it just it gets dealt with, and then we we go back to life as usual. Because we don't have the force big enough to handle all these things, to keep uh, an eye on these things. <clears throat> and so um, we're talking about how maybe the church can get involved. And I'm getting real nervous because, you know, I think we're about to start talking sting operation. You know, and, right. There you and go. I'm thinking, dude, I don't want I don't, to, I don't know how to invite people into anything like that because that just gets crazy, you know. And I've heard of people doing those kind of things. But, you know, this is, man, that makes me nervous, you know, because what if somebody... You know, I I live in the city where that where I would be doing that, and that that puts me at risk and puts my family at risk. You know, so I just get real nervous. But I'm praying and, and thinking, Lord, how are we going to be involved in this? And so, uh, as as Jesse and I are talking, um, I start uh, I start telling him, you know, well, I think first off, we just need to pray about this. Like we need to we need to really seek the Lord. What does He want us to do? How does He expect that that we can make an impact in this in our community? And, um, and he says, okay, well, there's one thing in particular that, that's really bothering me. He said, there's this website called Backpage. And Backpage is this, this place where uh, you can post classified ads and whatnot. And people are using it. Third parties are using it to, uh, to, to pimp women on the Internet. Oh, wow. Uh -huh, yeah, and, and with ads that say stuff like, you know, we're just a 30-minute drive from Austin or San Antonio. You know, because we don't have the task force to keep an eye on it, they do. So they've come to this place that's within driving distance, and they're 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 created an online pimp situation. And uh, <clears throat> so he's telling me all about this, and, and he said and it's really just bothersome because I know of some runaways who are on this right now. Like they they ran away from home, and they're young, and they needed food, they needed money, and they ended up a pimp is pimping them out, and right. I. And I, you know, uh, having the resources to make, you know, put an end to this. So anyway, we talk about it. We, we have a burger. We we go our separate ways. We see each other uh, on Sunday. And uh, and then that following Monday, he sends me this text and he says, "Man, prayer works! Wow!" And he sends me a screenshot of of the back page has been seized by the federal government. That's amazing. They, they passed some a law that made them culpable for right. what third parties do on their site if it's illegal activity. Right. And because that was going on, it got seized. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. So I was like, that's a crazy thing going on, you know. Uh, and prayer, uh, that's all we did. I, and and all the agents involved to, to cause a federal thing to happen, you know. I know we our prayers must have been added to many other prayers. In oh, movie. yeah. Yeah. And, and the Lord was at work in that. We just feel like the Lord was at work in that. He certainly did and, and wanted to share that with me. And so I thought that was an, a, an exciting answer to prayer. 
Yeah, that's pretty neat. I think one of the things that I have struggled with in my life as a scientist, just to be real honest, is is how, you know, the mechanism of how prayer works, you know, um, yeah, oh, yeah. because I'm, I'm very big on free will and I'm very big mm-hmm. on uh, the idea that God's not up there controlling people like, you know, uh, pawns and chess or whatever. Right. And, and yet there is a sense in which, um, you know, prayer does things that you just can't hardly understand how they could accomplish any other way. I, I was thinking, and this isn't human trafficking, but in my church in Fort Worth, we had lost some really good youth sponsors. And I realized at one point, like I was, it was Paula and I and a couple people maybe that were left and we had a pretty sizable youth group that we needed more. And I realized at one point it was like the Lord said, have you actually prayed about this? And it was so funny because in, in a couple of months we had 10 new youth sponsors that all bought in and <laughs> became like our best yeah. friends in the place. And still yeah. to this day, some of my closest friends. Um, but sometimes I think we act first and pray later because we think, well, well you sure. know, how's that going to physically affect things? Sure. So, we, we like to, uh, to make a plan and then ask God to bless that. Right. Yeah. Here's my plan. So, God bless the plan, rather than ask him what his plan is for the situation, what his thought is for the situation. And so, um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, prayer is a difficult thing. How does it work? You know, and we we do that thing. You know, I had that question asked. Um, so if I fall out of a boat and my dad is in the boat with me and I'm drowning, do I have to cry out in order for him to save me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I. If he's not paying attention, yes, you do. <laughs> if it's my dad, he's looking out the other side of the boat. And in the water. Um, you know, but uh, but if he knows I'm in the water, well, no, you don't have to cry out. Um, and so does our Heavenly Father know we're in the water? Yes. Is he already working? I think what happens is, is when we pray, we start we stop flailing about like a crazy person and realize that God really is reaching out to save us. Yeah, I was about to say I that that's where prayer is. We begin to see that God is at work. It changes us in ways that we then have our, I think, our eyes open. We have our ears alert. We're able to see things. I think God changes us as much as the situation often in prayer. I've been praying right. for someone else and God said, you know, what about your attitude in this situation? <laughs> sure. sure. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think for me, whenever I say that that was an answer to prayer and we had this... Uh, you know, uh, this federal government do this thing. And, you know, well, most of the time my attitude toward the government isn't exactly, you know, a sanctified attitude. Um, I, I, Especially pretty, on tax yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, no lie, on April it's, 15th. It's really yeah. um, but uh, I, I think that what happened in that moment was that uh, it really caused me to believe that a system that I, that probably I would have said was broken and didn't work at all, you know, go to the DMV, all those kind yeah, of jokes, yeah. you know, um, that all of a sudden God was saying, look, man, I'm at work in places that you don't, you don't think I'm at work and I will use entities that you don't think are sanctified, uh, to accomplish good in this world. It was interesting because it coincided with this conversation that I was having with Maggie, my daughter, about uh, systemic evil and, and human depravity. 
and uh, and she was like, look, it's everywhere. Like the whole system is broken and it's ruined and people are bad and there's just no hope for any of, you know. You know how sometimes when we let ourselves only see the bad, we, we become despondent and we're convinced that, you know, why didn't God just blow it all up? You know, what <laughs> a flood I, would be I've now. sat through some yeah. sermons that were a lot like <laughs> I, I always tell my preaching, uh, my young interns, that um, the hardest thing is preaching good news. It's easy to preach bad news. That's what anybody does who sits around at the coffee yeah. shop with their buddies at sure. 7 a.m. You know, you can sit in armchair quarterback the world all day. Oh, yeah. We Let's talk about what God's doing that's right. Yeah. So I had a friend one time. He's like, how come, how come the, the Sith are so much more powerful than the Jedi? Like he was just mad about the whole thing. And cooler <laughs> costumes too. Yeah, they have cooler costumes. They get red lightsabers, you know, and they and they can just destroy things with a snap of the finger. And they just, you know, and I said, well, probably because good is a lot harder to accomplish than 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 evil. Evil is about tearing things apart and and yeah, and entropy know, so. helps us all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. uh, that's my science degree speaking. No, no, that's no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know the 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 law that says that everything is moving from a state of order to a state of yeah. So it's it's all falling apart. It's I mean, all just, falling apart anyway. Don't yeah. get a scientist to buy a new car because my my first thought is this: this is oh. as good as this baby's ever gonna look. <laughs> ever gonna be well it's also the insurance guys thought as well you know exactly and, and the and the the bankers thought as well too because everybody's thinking this thing is going to depreciate as soon as you as soon as you in. drive it off the lot yeah so yeah. anyway you were talking about maggie and i got you on a, a oh, no, sidetrack well, i mean that it, i was having this the whole conversation about Backpage coincided with you know this conversation about evil and and the nature of human of humanity are we depraved are we totally depraved you know i had i've had people question me about my uh, about the, the you know in our tradition we use this word these words entirely sanctified and yeah. the word entirely becomes this bothersome word and everything yeah like, or it's like well entirely you know well no today i only i'm only 80% you know not i'm not entirely you know what does entirely mean and that and that's such a a static word for a dynamic experience, you know, and um, and so this uh, somebody was at, talking about total depravity, and I said, well, I have I have as much problem with the word total and attached to depravity as I do with the word entirely attached to sanctified, you know, because um, although I, I I'll, I'll admit we're depraved, but I'm not totally depraved. I was created in the image of God, so there's something good there. I was going to make a joke that I hung out with Ryan and Amy this last weekend and our wives uh, might think that the two of us together are actually totally depraved. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, listen, like, you know, I've heard people be like, does Ryan ever get serious? Is he just, he's a total goofball. But the other day we were playing a flag football game at this event and these boys got crossways with each other. They were boys from two different churches they got crossways with one another and uh there's a lot of testosterone on that on that field and oh yeah i've been in those games and he and ryan stopped the game and he brought all those boys together and he said listen if you win this game you get a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know he brought it back down to this bring it to thing. reality he said so here let's do something let's talk to jesus about how we can play this game with integrity and honor him and he just starts praying 
And these boys just that you could just watch their attitudes begin to shift because he brought it into focus that hating those guys on the other side is not really what you want. You want everybody on the field to do their very best because that's the only way we honor everybody here is if we all do our very best. And our very best is not getting mad and frustrated and hateful toward one another. And I yeah. was just like, dude, Ryan, where did that come from? And that was awesome. You're you're incredible. Uh, spiritual leader and but, you know yeah i know sometimes totally depraved is <laughs> well I, I yeah i i've seen that side of ryan a lot i just yeah like to give him a hard time so shout out to ryan if you're listening he's been yeah. listening a little bit uh we love you i gave uh, I, but, uh, kudos to him for the, the work he does in the youth ministry he's incredible yeah but i do have uh i have issues with that that word total uh depravity as well i you know we are created in the image of God, and uh, therefore, I don't. the The brokenness in the world has not wrecked that <laughs> completely. Yeah, no, it's so. still there. I think it's just marred, and 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 God wants. That's what redemption is. God's going to come in, and He's going to wipe away the soot and the and the the you know the brokenness, and and restore the image He created us in. That's what we're all hoping towards. Well, anyway, Maggie comes home from school and she is just despondent. It's just, this all sucks. Everybody's terrible. We're bad people. There's no hope for any of us. You know, just look at the world and the chaos it's in, you know. And uh, and so we start this conversation about, you know, the nature of evil and and uh, total depravity and depravity and, and human beings and hopefulness and, and holiness. And, you know, it's this great conversation that I'm having with my teenager and, and I want it to continue. So I like get on the, I'm like, hey, Marty, uh, Marty Michelson over at Southern Nazarene University. Hey, do you have any like concise understanding of, of, uh, of the nature of evil and these sort of things so I can continue this conversation with my daughter? She's a, she's a sophomore or a junior in college, or junior in high school, excuse me, junior in Yeah, don't get her out school. of the no, house. I'm not ready for her to leave yet. I, yeah. I was, I, I got despondent the other day just thinking about her leaving. But, um, I said, do you have any material that would be good for continuing this conversation? And and so he sends me back some stuff. And, and among that was this book called Lest Innocent Blood Be Shed. Um, and it's about this uh, during, during German occupation of, uh, of France uh, in World War II. There, this, this, uh, Le Chambon, this, uh, sit, this little community that, that uh, were the, led by the church, led by the pastors. Uh, cares for refugees, cares for uh, you know uh, those that the that the Nazis are are rounding up. Uh, oh wow! And so, just this powerful story. And so we started reading it together as kind of this exercise in understanding that that uh, there's not a lot of answers, direct answers to some of the questions you're asking, but narrative, you know, telling telling stories and giving testimonies to the contrary. It's all bad. No, no, it's not all bad. Let me tell you a story where it wasn't all bad. In the right. midst of the bad, there was good going on. In the midst of the darkest, one of the darkest moments in human history. Yeah, there was That's good. beautiful. Yeah, so uh, a lot of fun to have those kind of conversations with my daughter. Uh, I, again, I hope they don't turn into those, uh, Lord, we memorized what you said, uh, <laughs> but didn't do what you said. Uh, right, yeah. So, so how can how can we be those who are in the midst of the dark times, becoming uh, light bearers, if you will. Yeah, which on that so. note, I have the opportunity on May the 4th, I will get credentials for walking into the police department here in my city. Sweet. Where where I get to be part of a chaplain program 
where pastors are invited to come in and just love the department, pray for the department, encourage the, the officers. Um, and so I'm excited because I, I felt like that was that was the best response I had at the moment uh, was to was to say, how can I encourage the ones who are face to face with this darkness, face to face with this wickedness, face to face with this brokenness uh, every day? How can I encourage them so that instead of greeting uh, those those terrible things with bitterness and despondency, they can greet those things with love and compassion? And I think if we love and we are compassionate towards our, our police officers, then they can better respond with love and compassion. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I know I've, I, we've had a history at our church of having police officers, and I know that job does often create cynicism uh, because you see a lot of, of the brokenness. Every I mean, just... It is bad news. Yeah. You walk into situations that you can hardly describe to people how bad they are. So, um, uh, God, the dispatch office. Can you imagine the dispatch office? Oh yeah, dimly lit yeah. room with screens and headsets, and filled with nothing but bad news. Nobody ever rings the police department to say, "Hey, just wanted you to know I'm praying for you today." <laughs> like that's not that's not the kind of phone calls they get. Yeah, you well, know, maybe maybe we should. A good job. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe we should start a, a phone campaign. Just you guys, I just want to call and tell you you're doing a good job. Could you get on the radio and tell the police officers in my neighborhood they're doing a good job? Thank you. Or you yeah, know, I mean, nobody ever says that. They're always just like, "Uh oh, here comes the police." Nine one one. What's your emergency? I have to tell them how good of a job they're doing. Well, right I now. would call nine one one. I think maybe just the department in general would probably, you know. Uh, don't call your nine one one officer. That's yeah, nine one dispatch because I think that's illegal. I I don't here. think any kids are listening, so we don't have to worry about that. But if <laughs> if you are kids, don't call nine one one to tell them how great of a job they're yeah. doing. Yeah, call yeah, call the department directly if you want to tell them what. A great I think job. our audience might be a little older than kids. They might be like, "Who are these weird old I, men rambling?" Well, I'm <laughs> our our audience. Uh, <laughs> Our audience might be that anyway, you know, yeah. attitude anyway, regardless of age. That's all right. We're having fun either way. So, hey, man, uh, great stuff on this one. I, I like uh, some of the things that you're doing. I, I, I like your thoughts on prayer there and also uh, just the nature of goodness in the world the, that we are not totally depraved. So I hope you have a great week. Um Remember, you are not depraved this week. <laughs> I'll try to tell Paula that I'm not either. So. I'm not either. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Take care, man. Love you. Love you too. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.